You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need milk for Zoe and a cold brew for yourself, Kroger Delivery will get you just what you need in as little as 30 minutes. Open the Kroger app and start your cart, whatever the cart. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Delivery time's not guaranteed. Restrictions may apply. See site for details. When you're a Boost member, you get free delivery, double fuel points, and lots more. Sign up at Kroger.com slash boost. Welcome to the Cinema Gold Podcast with your host, Larry Lease. Come join us as Cinema Gold dives into the latest Hollywood films and news. Welcome to the Cinema Gold Podcast. I'm your host, Larry Lease. Today we're diving into the latest movie and streaming news. First, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Pundix. Pundix. Our unique interview questions and episode starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience or get more engagement, you're going to want to check out poddex.com. Use code CINEMAGOLD for 10% off your first order. Our first big story is T-Mobile has finally shut down their streaming service. Another streaming service has bitten the dust. T-Mobile is discontinuing its streaming service, TV Vision, after just five months. Instead, T-Mobile will now offer its customers $10 discounts to either YouTube TV or Philo. T-Mobile rolled rolled out their service last October following years of rumors that it was getting into the streaming game. The service comes in two forms. T-Vision Live, which has three tiers of service, T-Vision 5, a much more slimmed down and cheaper option. Quote, this shift may surprise some given last year's streaming services launch, but innovation seldom follows a straight line. Since launching the T-Vision initiative, we've learned a lot about the TV industry, about streaming products, and of course, about TV customers. End quote. CEO Mike Sievert said in a post on Monday, T-Vision Live offers a bundle of broadcast and cable networks for anywhere between $40 to $60. Additionally, subscribers can add premium networks such as Stars, Showtime, Epics at $5.99 per month. T-Vision Vibe, which runs for only $10 a month, features around 30 cable channels and is the one that appears to be drawing the ire of media companies. The service ran into some legal troubles when Discovery 
NBC, Universal, and Viacom, CBS all complain that the way their networks distributed on television violated their contracts with the phone carrier. So let us hear your thoughts about that. What do you think? Did you even know about the T-Mobile streaming service? I actually did not know until I looked this up last night. But let us know on Twitter at CinemaGold2. That's Cinema Gold 2. And now our second main story is the Obi-Wan Kenobi news. There are a handful of actors that are returning, meaning the return of several popular characters. Disney Plus's Obi-Wan Kenobi will see several Star Wars actors and characters return to a galaxy far, far away. After years of rumors swirling about a potential movie, Obi-Wan Kenobi is getting his due in the way of a TV show instead. The event series on Disney Plus will pick up around a decade after Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith, charting what happened to Obi-Wan while he was living in exile on Tatooine. Of course, despite it being accepted canon, it's unlikely that Obi-Wan will stay on Tatooine for the duration of the show, since making an entire series of him hiding out in the waste may not make the most exciting of spectacles. The Obi-Wan Kenobi show cast fits with this, as there are ten actors confirmed for the show. The extensive roster of newcomers suggests new locales and characters, but there will be plenty of familiarity for fans, too. First, you gotta start with Ewan Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi, which, of course, is the star of the show. First appeared to Star Wars viewers back in 1977 by played by Sir Alec Guinness. Back then, Kenobi was just an old hermit who had been living in exile as Ben Kenobi for several years, before he was eventually struck down by Darth Vader in what I believe is one of the worst lightsaber battles ever. But the Star Wars prequels were able to show him off in his prime, played by Ewan McGregor across all three movies in that trilogy. Kenobi was one of the highlights of the series, adding an extra level of wit and charm to the character that went well with the gravitas of Guinness. McGregor was perfect casting, so it's great that the actor, also known for his roles in Train Spotting and just recently Birds of Prey, is finally able to return to his role. With the timeline falling almost exactly at the halfway point between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope, then Obi-Wan Kenobi will perfectly be able to show the transition from the hero of the Jedi Order to the wizened old man of the original trilogy. And now, it was confirmed that Hayden Christensen will return as Darth Vader. Along with even McGregor returning as Obi-Wan Kenobi, we will once again see Darth Vader, who will be once more played by Hayden Christensen. He portrayed Anakin Skywalker in Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones, and Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith, getting to play the character's dark side, turn that culminated with him becoming Darth Vader. Christensen's portrayal wasn't well received by fans at the time, but as with the prequel trilogy as a whole, time has been kind to the actor and fans have not only forgiven him, but generally have a lot of goodwill to the actor. That unfortunately didn't lead to an appearance in the Star Wars sequel trilogy, and the actor hasn't had many other major roles since, but he's finally getting his comeback opportunity thanks to Obi-Wan Kenobi. The potential for Vader's role in Obi-Wan is huge, especially as Christensen is seemingly getting second billing behind McGregor, 
that means he should have a big part to play. And that makes sense, given that there is a promise of a rematch between Obi-Wan and Vader. The original Star Wars suggested it was the first time they had met in a long time. And Revenge of the Sith seemingly showed that. This will add a new, unexpected, and so far unknown battle between the pair, and one where they might be the most evenly matched they've ever been. <clears throat> the specifics of Vader's role aren't known yet, since he will be facing off with Obi-Wan, and he could be involved in whatever makes Kenobi leave Tatooine, with the pair possibly after the same thing that puts them on the collision course. Joel Edgerton returns to play Owen Lars. Another Star Wars prequel actor back for Obi-Wan Kenobi is Joel Edgerton. Better known for King Arthur and the Great Gatsby. He's presumably playing Owen Lars once again, who previously portrayed the character in Attack of the Clones, excuse me, and Revenge of the Sith. At the end of the prequels, Obi-Wan took a baby Luke to the Lars homestead on Tatooine, leaving him to be raised by his aunt and uncle. In A New Hope, Owen and Beru are killed, but Obi-Wan Kenobi will offer the chance to flash out the character's arc a little bit more. Star Wars canon has already revealed a couple of interactions between Obi-Wan and Owen, with the latter not wanting to allow the Jedi Master to train his nephew. As Obi-Wan kept watch over Luke, however, their paths inevitably crossed on a few occasions, such as when Kenobi sneakily helped Luke repair his Skyhopper. The conflict between the two is something that could come into play more heavily in Obi-Wan, although Owen's role might not be too big if more of the action happens off Tatooine. And we also see Bonnie Pless as Beru Lars return. <clears throat> she previously appeared in Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. While Beru meets the same grim fate as Owen, she hasn't been fleshed out quite as much in canon, although she does serve as a counterpoint to Owen in the upbringing of Luke, being the kinder and more supportive of her adopted son against Owen's overprotectiveness and expectations. By bringing the character back, there's a chance to give her an even greater role and dig deeper into the character that she is, and also reveal some interactions she may have or had with Obi-Wan Kenobi. And that is all we know now for the returning characters. And now we're going to go give you our review of Godzilla vs. Kong. <coughs> Godzilla vs. Kong is directed by Adam Wingard, and as you might expect, is a movie where Godzilla and Kong fight. Oh, please take all my money now. Basically, some scientists are trying to find a location that is of myth. They believe that Kong could perhaps lead them to it, and Godzilla is out in the world wreaking havoc and killing people. So folks are confused. Godzilla tends to be someone who kind of balances the scales of justice and does the right thing. So why does it appear that he's killing innocent people? And of course, eventually, these two titans are going to sort some stuff out quickly. King Kong vs. Godzilla was on repeat constantly when I was in elementary school, and it's a very cheesy movie. Admittedly, especially if you watch the American version. And I used to watch it a lot. 
I still do. And this film gave me a cheesy grin throughout almost the entire entirety of the film. I really had a good time with Godzilla vs. Kong because basically it gives you exactly what you want. It doesn't overstay its welcome. It's a very tightly paced movie. And it's the shortest so far in this most recent series of Godzilla and King Kong films. The movie doesn't waste too much time with things that you might not necessarily care about. And it doesn't have a grand aspiration towards really anything else than entertaining the hell out of you with a series of epic bouts between Godzilla and Kong. They do not disappoint. That's what you want to see. That's what's on the poster. The movie delivers that 100%, especially in the latter half. The second half of the movie is also almost non-stop Kong and Godzilla stuff. And it's really exciting and fun. Now, one complaint that's been thrown around a lot for these recent Kong and Godzilla movies and I've certainly said in the past, and to people, is that the human characters are kind of boring. Most people watch these movies for the Titans, and we all know that, but it would still be nice if you kind of cared about the little characters that are walking around on the ground. This movie is self-aware in that it does the bare minimum basics for the human characters it establishes. The characters, their motivations, their goals, why are they in this movie, why are they doing what they're doing, and it gives traits to each one of them. Some are overly serious, some are funny, some are paranoid, and some characters cancel each other out. Brian Tyree Henry was very funny as a conspiratorial podcast host who has a lot of thoughts about what the government is doing. Some of them end up being true, so getting to watch him discover that his paranoid rantings on the internet are actually fact was very funny. Julian Dennison, who I loved in Hunt for the Wilder People, is also there for comic relief, and those two characters are sort of on a side quest with Millie Bobby Brown's character, and sometimes it feels like the movie stops when we're with them. Eventually, there's a concrete reason for them being in this movie, and the characters are entertaining, and as I said, Henry is very funny and likable, so he definitely makes his scenes very enjoyable. But Alexander Skarsgård and Rebecca Hall are basically the main story. They're trying to find this hidden world, and Kong is leading them there. This was really smart, because instead of having Kong just be an animal that occasionally appears to wreak some havoc, he's integral to the story. They need him for the story. So not only do we get to see more of the monsters, but they made them more integral to the story this time around. But as I said, the film is extremely well-paced, in that it gives you just enough of the human people because they're really not that interesting and what they're trying to do can at times be a little incomprehensible. The best way that I can describe Godzilla vs. Kong is that it feels like an early 2000s movie. And I mean that with as a compliment. There used to be films that were just big fun movies and that's it. They had the needed character development, basic minimum basics, but the movie knew why you were there. They were very self-aware, and they didn't have these grand aspirations to be the overly pretentious human dramas. And I miss times like that at the movies where it just felt like you could go have fun time, even if it's disposable. It's almost like the film knows it is, and is totally okay with that. Adam Wingard does so many fun things with the fight sequences in the movie. He simulates a camera that's mounted to their arms, sometimes so when they throw punches. Creates this sort of dizzying effect. The fights are gorgeous, the visual effects truly have reached an amazing period, like we are in the future. The look of this movie is absolutely breathtaking, 
I do think there's one missed opportunity, though. There's an area of film, without getting into detail, details, where gravity is sort of... something. I really wish that Godzilla and Kong fought in that spot somehow. It could have been like the Inception fight of Godzilla and Kong. It feels like a missed opportunity. There's also one close-up of Godzilla in the film, when he's really kicking Kong's ass, that I feel like some people won't know what to make of it. I thought it was really funny. I liked it a lot. I laughed, but some people might think it's like out of character or something. I don't know. I liked it. It's also, I can just say that Kyle Chandler has now been in two films with Kong that are completely separated from each other. He was in the Peter Jackson King Kong, and now this. <clears throat> and I think they absolutely knocked out of the park. There's a young girl in the film that's able to communicate with Kong. That was absolutely the heart and soul of the movie. And it created some surprisingly touching moments that I did not expect. Now, granted, this movie's not going to be for everybody. If you go into Godzilla vs. Kong, ready to analyze the in-depth meaning and the hidden metaphors of the shots and visual implications of everyone's state of mind, you'll probably not like the movie. But if you just want to see Godzilla and King Kong throw some punches, you're going to have a blast. I'm going to give Godzilla vs. Kong a B. And now, on to some sad news. Snyder Cut fans, or Snyderverse fans, have started to review bomb the Snyder Cut. Godzilla vs. Kong has yet to make landfall in the United States, but it seems reviewers are acting like they've been given a peek at the film. After all, reports have come in that a small group of netizens have started review bombing the Monsterverse epic and they are doing so in a bid to teach Warner Brothers a lesson. The whole thing got underway on IMDb, a go-to movie databank. Godzilla vs. Kong has already drawn hype with audiences as the movie has earned a lot of cash overseas. <coughs> its success has rubbed some fans of the Snyderverse the wrong way. There are those who find the release ill-timed given the growing movement of fans asking to restore the Snyderverse. So those upset fans acting like children have decided to review bomb Godzilla vs. Kong. In the beginning, netizens began to push against the Monsterverse movie with a call for a boycott. However, the whole thing escalated even further as Godzilla vs. Kong grew close to its release. Now IMDb has marked the upcoming movie at a 7.5, in part due to dozens of one-star reviews. Many of these comments directly nod to the Snyderverse campaign as the reason for having one star, but there are plenty pushing back against the ploy. After all, Godzilla vs. Kong has been given tons of 10-star reviews. Even some diehard Snyderverse fans are working against those in the minority trying to punish a random movie for the alleged sins made by Warner Brothers Pictures. This isn't the first time Snyderverse fans have been called out for taking grievances too far. As a statement was put out by Warner Brothers not long ago, it was there, and Starnoff, the CEO of Warner Media Studios, disavowed any fan who acted aggressively about Justice League or harassed studio employees. Now it falls to fans to make their decision on Godzilla vs. Kong by themselves. As for the Snyderverse, it seems there are no plans to continue director Zack Snyder's vision for Justice League on screen. But if you want to watch his cut of the movie, it's now available on HBO Max. So now, what do you make of this vengeful campaign? 
Do you think it does the Snyder Cut movement any good? Share your thoughts with us in the comment section below, or let us know your thoughts on Twitter at CinemaGold2. Be sure to like and subscribe to this video. Give us a thumbs up if you like it, or a thumbs down. And that is our episode for the day. Thank you for joining us. And Thanks for watching Cinema Gold Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Cinema Gold 2. Become a patron on our Patreon at patreon.com slash cinema gold. Send us a voice message and be featured on an upcoming episode through anchor.fm slash cinema gold. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.